0: So when my dad was 15 years old, there was a lot of conflict in his house growing up and he decided one day to pack up his bags and he left Uh, and he he ended up in El Paso, Texas uh, with his cousin. And uh, soon after that, he started attending a United Methodist high school called Lydia Patterson Institute. And while the school ended up being one of the best things that could have ever happened to him, it was still tough. His cousin um, didn't have a lot of money, and so they had to work really hard, both he and his cousin, to uh, make ends meet and uh, really get, uh, have the things that they needed. And you have to remember, my dad was 15, 16 years old at the time, and that was kind of tough for him. And, and I think the teachers and staff at the school took notice of this, because they started helping him out in any way they could. In particular, Reverend Harry Call, who was a principal at the time, started helping him. And one of the ways that he helped uh, was that he made sure that my dad had something to eat every single night so they they started this routine they had this deal that um uh, it was mr call's responsibility to make sure that at the end of the day the school all the lights were turned off all the classrooms were closed all the doors were locked all the gates were uh, uh, locked as well and uh, my dad would help mr call with that every single day and in exchange mr call would bring dinner for two that they would share uh, at the end of every day so uh, the reality is uh, that if it wasn't for that meal that they shared every day, it's possible that my dad would have uh, missed a lot of dinners, uh, would have gone to bed without dinner many nights. Well, my dad shares the story that there was one day when uh, they sat down to eat and Mr. Colson uh, looked at my dad and he said, Fernando, it's your turn to pray for the food today. My dad says that he froze. He had no clue what to say and, and no idea how to pray. And, and so uh, he, 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 um, he also knew that uh, unless he prayed for this meal, they probably wouldn't eat. And, and my dad says, he says this all the time, he says, that piece of chicken looked so good. I just knew I needed to say something. And so my dad says that in that moment, he, uh, he closed his eyes, he bowed his head, and he said the only thing that he could think of, Dear God, thank you for this food. Amen. My dad says that uh, as soon as he said amen, he looked up to Mr. Call uh, to see if the prayer was good enough for them to start eating. And he says that Mr. Call looked back back at him and said, uh, Fernando, that is the most beautiful prayer I have ever heard. And then they sat and they enjoyed that meal together. I love this story for many reasons, but probably the biggest reason is uh, the impact that praying together had on both my dad and Mr. Call uh, every day. There is something special about praying together. In his book, Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he has this chapter called The Day Together. And in it, he says, it is in fact the most normal thing in the common Christian life to pray together. See, I truly believe that when we pray together, something beautiful can happen. For the next six weeks, we're going to be journeying through this series called Let Us Pray. And it's based on a book by Megan Hill called Praying Together. And I'm really excited. We're going to follow the last six chapters of that book. And uh, basically for the first three weeks, we're going to talk about uh, what happens when we pray. What are the effects of prayer? And then the last three weeks, we're going to talk about how to pray together. And I'm really excited. There's going to be a lot of practical things that we're going to uh, give you to practice during this Lenten season. And so I want to begin this series by, by looking at this topic. Praying together helps us to love each other deeper. But even more importantly, praying together helps soften our hearts so that we can love our enemies. Let me say that one more time. Praying together helps us love each other deeper, but even more importantly, praying together can help soften our hearts towards our enemies. Let me explain. In Romans chapter 12, verse 15, it says this, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. This seems like standard operating procedure, right? If your best friend just got a new job, you rejoice and celebrate with them. But if your uh, best friend just got divorced, you weep with them and you grieve with them and you help them through that tough time. We do stuff like this all the time, right? In particular, we do stuff like this when we pray. Think about the times you have prayed with other people. Maybe it was in a small group. Maybe it was when you reached out to friends asking for prayer. Uh, just, Just think about the times you've prayed together. You probably asked each other uh, for prayer requests, uh, and, and in those prayer requests, you heard each other's struggles, you heard each other's celebrations, and then by praying together, you rejoiced with them, and you grieved, and you wept with them. Uh, praying together helps us uh, celebrate and, and, and uh, rejoice and weep with, uh, with those around us. Let me give you an example of what this looks like. So I have got a group of uh, friends from seminary with whom I text with all the time. Uh, Most of the time, it's silly stuff. So on Monday and Tuesday, one of my friends was texting silly stuff that uh, Louisianians were doing in this ice and snow that we got this week, right? Most of the time, it's just silly stuff. But every once in a while, one of us will share something that we're either struggling with or that we're celebrating. And in those moments, we will come together and we'll either rejoice together or we'll weep together. You see, sometimes one of us will say, I really had a tough day at work today. And we stop in that moment and, and, and we grieve with that person. Sometimes we, uh, one of us has something to rejoice and celebrate. And all of a sudden, uh, we, have, um, we, we stop in the moment and we celebrate with that person. You see, when we pray together, we weep with each other and we rejoice with one another. You see, through our praying together, we not only lift each other up in prayer, which that's beautiful in and of itself, but uh, when we, we pray together, we let each other know that we care about each other. Your struggles become my struggles. When we pray together, we learn to care for each other more and more. There is something beautiful about praying together because in praying together, we care for one another. But I want you to hear what this scripture in Matthew has to say love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you for God makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. Now this one's a little bit harder. I'm okay with uh, praying together uh, for each other's celebrations and the struggles of my friends, right? And those people close to me, but my enemies, Those who persecute me, why would I pray for them? What good can possibly come out of that? I mean, think about it. Why would God ask us to pray for our enemies and those who persecute us? Let me tell you why. I have an idea. Because even our enemies are people too. Even our enemies have struggles. Even our enemies have bad days. Even our enemies make mistakes. Scripture tells us that the sun rises on both the evil and the good, and that rain falls down on both the righteous and the unrighteous. You see, life happens for all people. And we are, when we are willing to pray for not just the people we like, but when we're willing to pray for our enemies, for those who persecute us, we begin to see them as people and object, not just objects or things that caused our pain. You see, when we pray for our enemies, we can begin to see that despite how much they hurt us, they are, prone to hurt, uh, they are prone to hurting too. As much pain as they put us through, they also deal with pain. As much disappointment as they have put us through, they also experience disappointment as well. Now look, I'll be the first to admit that praying for our enemies can be tough, let me share a story with you. So uh, when uh, when I was in school, there was a group of guys that I just didn't really like, and they didn't really like me. To be honest, uh, we viewed each other as enemies. And while we had no real reason to not like each other, we just didn't. Have you ever met somebody like that you just don't like? Well, because of that, we caused a lot of pain in each other's lives simply because we saw each other as enemies. Well, a couple months ago, the, the my Uh, friends from seminary that we text all the time, uh, they sent a text that really forced me to wrestle with praying for my enemies. So one of the guys in that group that I saw as my enemies, they had uploaded a video letting his congregation know that he was stepping down from ministry, at least for a season. He had a really bad experience where he was serving and And so he decided to upload a video to talk about why he was stepping down and uh, thanking people along the journey. And uh, everybody in my texting group was talking about how they felt bad for this guy and how sorry they felt for him and how they hope that uh, through this season of taking a break, that he is able to find some healing and able to get back into ministry someday. Now I've got to tell you, and this is a moment of vulnerability. As I saw these text messages, my heart was uh, starting to boil, my blood was starting to boil a little bit as I read those texts. I, there was a part of me, and I'm being completely honest with you, there was a part of me that didn't feel sorry for this guy. After all, he had uh, caused a lot of pain in my life, and he had caused a lot of sorrow and disappointment in my life. And if I'm even more honest, There was a part of me that felt betrayed by my friends because they actually felt sorry for this guy and and were suggesting that we pray for him. As my friends kept texting about how bad they felt for him, my heart began to soften. And I decided to go listen to this video. I've got to tell you, my heart broke for him as I watched the video and as he shared his experience and his story it was clear to see that he was experiencing real pain. It, it was clear to see that he was really struggling with what he was going through. And in fact, a lot of the stuff he said and a lot of the pain he shared, I could relate to it. And in that moment, as I uh, heard his story and I heard his pain and I could relate to it, I decided I needed to swallow my pride and I needed to pray for him. I've got to tell you, since that moment, he's been on my prayer list. And, and I've got to tell you, each day that goes by and I, and I stop and I say a prayer for him, my anger towards him lessens every single time. You see, as I'm willing to pray for him, I, I'm learning why it is that Jesus asks us to pray for our enemies and those who persecute us. Because you see, as I pray for him, I'm learning to see my enemy. I'm learning to see him as a child of God who also has rainy days, who also experiences setbacks, who also makes mistakes because he is human and he needs prayers as much as I need his. You see, prayer is this beautiful tool that God gives us. And and for many of us, we see it as a tool that we use to speak to God about our celebrations and our struggles, right? We see prayer as a communication between us and God, and God and us, and that, that is true. But when we pray together... It is also an opportunity to lift each other up, to to care for each other in deeper ways, to to learn to rejoice and to weep with one another. Through prayer, we we begin to love those around us even more. But perhaps one of the greatest things about prayer is that when we pray together for our enemies, our hearts begin to soften. We stop seeing our enemies as... um, as enemies, and instead we begin to see them as fellow children of God trying to do their best through life. Friends, I want to encourage you to pray. Pray together. And as you pray, notice, uh, notice God moving around in, uh, all around your prayers. Notice God bringing you together with your loved ones. As you pray with your small groups and with your family and with your friends, notice how those prayers can bring you together as you weep and rejoice together. But more importantly, when you pray, notice how God can soften your heart towards your enemies. Friends, I know that it can be hard to pray for your enemies. I can tell you from experience. But I also know that I don't wanna live my life having hatred towards anybody, having anger or remorse towards anybody. And the best way to deal with that and to uh, wrestle through that and move through that is to pray for the very people who have hurt me. Friends, let us pray together for our enemies, knowing and trusting that in doing so, God can soften our hearts and we, be, we can begin to see our enemies as children of God. Let us pray. Gracious and living God, I give you thanks. God, I give you thanks for the people in our lives who, who speak into our lives, who help us in, in times of sorrow and grieving and weeping, for the people who are there with us when we celebrate and when we rejoice. And I'm thankful that prayer can help us have that kind of relationship with one another. But God, I pray today that as we pray together, I pray that our hearts may be willing to pray for our enemies. I pray that our hearts may be willing to see that uh, the rain and the setbacks fall on both the good and the bad. Righteous and unrighteous, friends and enemies. God, soften our hearts as we pray together. Help us to see our enemies as your children. Help us find healing and forgiveness as we pray together. Amen.